Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Not Annoying Podcast. On this week's podcast, we'll be interviewing uh, Wen Young, the Limerick London band, who are currently about to release their debut EP and doing quite well for themselves. That's later on in the show. I'm Niall Byrne and I'm joined by Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Um, good. We are very prepared this week, aren't we? We're really prepared this so week. Prepared We're right just going to nail it. Nail it. We're going to do it live. Um, we'll, be, we'll be picking our albums of the week and songs of the week later on. Um, but first, I think we're going to get into some uh, things that have been happening in the world of music. Um, I guess we should start with the the sad things, probably. Um, yeah. Um, I, Metropolis happened over the weekend, but the big um, Metropolis, the festival happened over the weekend. But the big thing that was kind of looming over the festival was that the um, promoter Pod, who put on that festival and many, many others, the founder of Pod, um, John Reynolds, sadly passed away very suddenly last uh, Thursday. Um, he was 52 and it was a shock to everybody. Um, he, I think he, I heard that he died of a heart attack and very, very sad. Um, if there was, there's been a lot of tributes paid to him in the last week and rightly so. I was actually at his funeral earlier on and it was very uh, moving. Um, and I just, you know, I went because I'm not a person who goes to funerals an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, maybe I'm lucky that way. Um, but I don't know. I've been to a few recently. Um, and I kind of find it, you know, I went because I think John Reynolds has done so much for Irish music that it's indisputable. And there are very few people in the last 30 or 40 years who have done so much for the music landscape in a, in Ireland than John Reynolds. When he's think what he's done, how he started pod in the 90s and the Red Box and made that such an influential place, um, which later became Tripod and Crawdaddy and where I used to, when myself and my wife were first 
courting or going out and we went to gigs like three times a week there Mm -hmm. Um, and then later of course festivals like Homelands and then most uh, pertinent of all and most like influential of all uh, Electric Picnic um, which he later lost control of um, and then most recently festivals like Forbidden Fruit Metropolis and all together now this year so it's kind of, it's been very sad uh, in the last week um, and I really feel, you know, as a music promoter, he is, he was one of these guys who did what very few people do and he put his neck on the line and mm. he's been putting his neck on the line for 20 years um, and he was only 52. So it was very, very sad um, that he died and, you know, um we don't often get a chance to pause and, and think about these things. So it's kind of one of the reasons why I went to the funeral today. Um, as a mark of respect for how influential he was. And, you know, a lot of people said over the week weekends and just on Facebook or whatever that like, you know, how many people have met at his festivals and maybe mm. got married as a result and stuff like that. Just little things and, and went to and had these amazing experiences. And he was an independent promoter who, you know, wasn't didn't always win, didn't always make money, often lost money, but definitely, you know, had patches of financial, huge financial success and then lost it all. And then it was seemed to be on the way back up again and altogether now in Waterford this year, which was his kind of recalibration of what he wanted, his vision for the picnic. Um, it felt like here is what he was rejuvenated by, something mm. that he could call his own again. And it that festival in particular seemed to rejuvenate the Irish festival scene. People were so excited about it and it yeah. just, it, it went down so well. It was like everything that people wanted from a festival this year. Yeah. Um, well, John brought the idea of a boutique festival to Ireland and, yeah. and made it and established it. Yeah. And, you know, before, it, in fairness, all we had was Oxygen and Slane and a few places like that, which mm. didn't have, you know, the trinkets and trimmings of of a festival that we now expect. Yeah. And that's largely down to John in this country. Yeah, know? like I'm I'm 28 now and I don't remember a time like in my adulthood or, or late teens where there hasn't been festivals. Do you know, it's just been yeah. such a part of Ireland's cultural identity that to to be able to trace it back to one person is truly incredible. Um, and the the legacy of that work will, like it it can't ever be kind of undermined. We will always have a, a scene and a community and communities um, in, our, in Ireland who meet every year and have their niche interests celebrated and explored. And yeah, to trace that back to one person is, is, is really, really incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, as some, for somebody who writes about music and kind of has to do a lot of news and reactionary pieces, like this broke last Thursday night, I was at a gig, Future Proof, that we do ourselves. So, um, I wrote something very quickly about it. Um, but you know, we often don't get a chance to process it, but I got a lot of chance to just think a bit more about this um, and in terms of his impact. Una Malali wrote a really interesting and very uh, long piece about his um, involvement in music. Um, I've read other pieces about how he was maybe a difficult person to work for sometimes as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And I don't know much about that. I only worked with him once on Forbidden Fruit. I did something with him where we hosted a stage and he, it all came happen, happened very last minute. Mm. Um, 
but he was, you know, he was kind. He seemed kind of the kind of person that pushed you to do things because he knew yeah. you could. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was very very sad. I think uh, like Paul Buchanan from the Blue Nile was at a, sang at his funeral today, along with Damien Rice and a few others um, in Dublin Gospel Choir, who obviously, mm. you know, they were always at the electric picnic. Yeah. Um, an absolute staple of that weekend. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it was a lovely tribute, and it was a nice for me personally, like just speaking. Um, as somebody who attended uh, his funeral in honour of him and respect of him, I just felt it was really important to, we all have busy lives, we all are tied to different things. I don't know if stress was a cause in his mm-hmm. passing, but, you know, we all, there's a lot of, we're always on the go. Now. Yeah. It's really hard to not be on the go. Especially in this industry. Yeah. And it's very hard to do what somebody like John Rells did. And I think it's worth, you know, um, respecting that and honouring that and also just taking the time for yourself and reflecting that and going to go you know what you need some time apart or you need some off turn the off switch on you know? yeah um, totally so I just felt um, you know it was worth um, mentioning uh, he, he left such a legacy in terms of Irish music and the Irish music uh, live music landscape in particular but so many other things that we can't couldn't even possibly mention like Chemical Brothers shows at hmm. Redbox and just so many different things. I was thinking about LCD and, and, and Tripod and yeah. seeing like even bands like Beirut or LP and Crawdaddy or whatever. There's so many different um, touchstones of my life that John Rounds was responsible for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was very, very sad. Metropolis at the weekend and went ahead. Um, well, because, I mean, they kind of had to and fair play to the guys and who... Um, are working in pod and uh, it's associated um, companies who just went ahead and had to do it. And uh, that's tough. Um, it was an interesting festival this year. Wasn't it maybe, um, wasn't it maybe hugely attended because it, I think it's deliberately scaled back a little bit anyway. And it was okay. all, that was always the plan. It was an over 21 festival this year. Um, so I saw Blood Orange at it. Oh yeah, it was great. There was a. Did you see Mac DeMarco? No, I was playing. I was DJing at the same. Oh, okay, time, okay. So that makes sense. Um, saw a bit of Villagers, but I had to run. Um, saw Friendly Fires, who were great crack. Um, I didn't see an awful lot really in the grand scheme of things. So, um, but uh, Rosie Murphy sound was a bit not great at that one. I don't know. Oh, what that's was a up shame. That. But you know, um, it'll. I don't know what's going to happen next. But uh, you know, as a tribute to John, I think it was just. It just shows you that people who worked for him, really respected him and they would never let even his dad get in the way of, of his vision. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really a good thing. I wanted to say about that. Um, cool. But, you know, we were talking earlier on about this. We, it's, it's been, it's dark. It's after <sighs> Halloween. The clocks have gone back. There's a lot of bad news around the world. There is. There's a lot of, and they're always Kanye's at it. Oh, Which you're not even going to talk about this week because there's just too much grimness in the world. <laughs> so we thought instead we would come up with some reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. In honour of David Byrne from last week. Yes. also had reasons to be cheerful. Yes. So some reasons to be cheerful this week. Um, Annie Mac is presenting a festival in Malta which has... Um, a 50% female lineup. I think I'm correct in saying it's, that. Oh, it's like 49%. Okay, yeah. right. We'll let her away with that. Um, and that is going to go ahead in 2019. Um, some DJs that are performing at it is, are include uh, Dennis Sulta, Jason Status, Malgrab, Patrick Topping. And there will also be performances by AJ Tracy, Bugsy Malone, uh, Frido. 
um, and t- t- tons other, uh, t- tons of others. Uh, there is a Peggy Goo. Yep. There's a piece up on the Not A Nine uh, website where you can see it. It's called Lost and Found and it is happening in Malta on the 2nd to the 5th of May in uh, 2019. That is number one reason to be cheerful. Hey. Um, Our second reason to be cheerful starts with a bit of a sad story. So there is a band in the UK called Indoor Pets and they unfortunately had a lot of equipment uh, stolen to the tune of around £10,000. They said in a Facebook post on the 30th, so the day before yesterday, it's been a rough 24 hours. It's only started to sink in the thousands of pounds worth of equipment uh, that we've slowly been upgrading over the 10 years. Not to mention irreplaceable personal possessions seem to be gone forever. We all work day jobs so we can afford to make music. It's devastating to not know how we're going to be able to afford to get everything back to the level that it was. So, you know, gr- grim, sad. Bummer, bummer. Bummer. But Fender have uh, swooped in and provided them with guitars for the rest of their tour um, and a bass as well, I believe. And they are selling some merch. They're selling tea towels in order to... Um, in order to Where are they from? Uh, they're from the UK. I'm not exactly sure where. Um, Sounds very British to be selling tea towels. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the tea towels are printed with the words, I helped indoor pets buy their gear back. Indoor pets helped me dry this soapy stack. I'll never get that dry. So they are beautiful. You can go onto their Facebook page and you can donate to them and buy a tea towel and help them get back on the road because they're they're just, they work day jobs. Like they're just, just lads. Just normal d- dudes looking for, you know, a handout who, uh, who are in a bad situation. Yeah. Play. Yeah. So um, and yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about stealing a lot of equipment from people, just don't do it. It doesn't give us a reason to be cheerful. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Um, I have a reason to be cheerful. What's your reason to be cheerful? Um, I've been spending most of my time listening to the Beastie Boys book, uh-huh. um, which just f- uh, was released uh, this week. I haven't got the physical copy yet, so I've been listening to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about the audiobook is that there's a huge amount of people involved in the actual narration. Um, it's like 99 chapters. It's basically the story of the Beastie Boys. 99 chapters. Yeah, and like it's kind of the two remaining members of the Beastie Boys, obviously Adam Yauk died uh, five or six years ago um, and he is mentioned in it quite a lot, obviously in very glowing terms. He's a huge part of the band mm. and uh, Michael Diamond and Adam Horowitz, the remaining members, uh, wrote the book. Um, but then they do read some chapters, but... It's not always um, them reading it. Um, so, so far, I mean, the, the names that of people reading it, uh, there's people like Steve Buscemi. Um, oh, they're reading the they're chapters reading that are actually chap- written by... Yeah, oh, that's cases. so cool. Uh, Bobby Cannaval, the um, uh, actor. Bette Midler. Haven't oh got to Bette Midler yet. Uh, <laughs> Kim Gordon, Jarvis Cocker, Rosie Perez, uh, Amy Poller, Elvis Costello, Chuck D, John C. Riley, Snoop Dogg, Will Ferrell, Maya Rudolph... Have you got um, to the Snoop Dogg one yet? Not yet. I've heard my Rudolph yesterday. Oh um, my, she, she's Shadow got an back. amazing voice. LL Cool J, Chloe Seveny, I've heard her. Spike Jones, John Stewart. Uh, yeah, I heard him. Um, ben Stiller, um, Wanda Sykes, Jeff Tweedy, um, my, Rachel Maddow, and many, many more. It's ridiculous. Awesome. That's great. Ben Midler, I'm wondering how she fits into this story. Oh, she sings uh, it. But it's pretty much a story of, of the band. Uh, so far, I'm I'm pretty much in, like, just before first album territory, and it's quite, an, it's an origin story. There's some mm. really sweet stories in it, though. Is there but, a lot in it that you didn't know already as a huge fan? Um, It really just paints a picture of how 
the 80s, um, how their their lives in New York in the 80s contributed to the band being formed. How they okay. Because they were in punk bands and stuff like that and they used to hang out at Danceteria and places like that and how, you know, they were just friends, really. Yeah. And they just, like, there's a lovely, lovely story about um, Adam Yoke. They were like, he was the sophisticated one and when he first got a car, he drove to my, like, I think it's Michael Diamond who's saying this. He's like, he drove to my to my house and I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So my mother was there and uh, he, Adam offered to drive my mother around the city because oh. he knew how much my mother loved driving because she, or being in a car because she didn't drive. That's a joke. So he just spent the afternoon with his mom driving around <laughs> the city. <laughs> That's not the Beastie Boys origin story you expect. No, really. but you know, yeah. like this is a band who went from like bratty, you know, foolish punks to like annoying but funny and the joke got old very thin um, rap white rappers and then mm. um, they went into you know Adam Adam Yauch in particular was quite enlightening and uh, a Buddhist and all that kind of stuff so just a really interesting it, it's a lot of it is uh, and I really like because it's like history is what you remember not mm. really what actually happened sometimes so sometimes they're interjecting themselves I don't think it was that's what happened oh that's and cool. I really like that because it's like you know you can kind of make it up if you yeah. wanted I mean if maybe you don't remember everything like there's a silly story about like going to Rick Rubin, uh, his dorm room, because that's where he started his uh, his label. And uh, it was like, there was definitely a bubble machine there. And the other guy's like, <laughs> I think it's uh, Ad-Rock's like, there was no bubble machine there. It was like, and then they like Rick Rubin comes on the line and is like, no, there was definitely <laughs> a, bubble a bubble machine. machine. <laughs> yeah. It's something like it's just been something like, they're one of my favorite. They are my favorite band, probably. Um, so I'm really looking forward to going to London at the end of November, where they're doing um a kind of live Q and A thing. So uh, that is one of my reasons to be cheerful this week. Excellent. My reason, my next reason to be cheerful, doesn't really pertain to any news that's happening, but just the general concept that. Animals like music. Um, when we were coming up with our reasons to be cheerful, we were wondering if we could, can we not just talk about dogs and cats? And yes, we can. <laughs> um, so there is research to suggest that animals react to music with emotions and behaviour eerily similar to our own. Um, at dog kennels, researchers found that classical music reduced anxiety in dogs, uh, help, helping them sleep more and bark less. So you could try that with uh, with my, young Daffy. My dog is very bark. Yeah, does she listen to classical music? No, uh, she heard a fiddle last week and she started howling. <laughs> That's the first. That's My cat really likes Enya. If, sure, everyone likes Enya. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah, if, if I play Enya, she'll come in to the and, and just sit on the bed beside me and she's not a cat that does that like she's <laughs> she'll come in and scratch my face like but yeah she does a bit of Enya um, yeah so uh, heavy metal uh, made the dogs bark more sleep less and shake violently well I can understand that yeah I think so uh, a bit like ca- the bangers that were going off last night I in Dublin 8 and uh, luckily my dog is not as uh, um, she's not afraid of them she just she's likes very to bark brave. at them okay yeah unfortunately <laughs> um, cows prefer classical music and they will produce more milk when they're listening to slow jams. That is music under 100 beats per minute. And less milk when listening to fast music, which is over 120 beats per minute. Um, and yeah, th- there is one of my favorite. Don't vi- we all? I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> same girls, same. There is one of my favorite um, videos on the Internet, which is I th- if, if you put in like cows, trombone, 
lord oh, a few of those, or yeah. something. And it's just a guy and he plays lords royals on his trombone in an empty field. And by the time he gets to the end of the song, there is hundreds of cows in front of him. And I watch that if I'm ever feeling a little bit blue. Oh. So that's a reason to be cheerful. You can snuggle up tonight and listen to some Chopin with your pooch. Good. Another potential reason to be cheerful, we don't know yet, but uh, news is good in terms of uh, there's going to be a lot of print stuff happening now that he has passed and the estate is in control. But one thing that maybe is something to look forward to is the director, Ava, Ava DuVernay, who directed Selma and 13th, is working on a multiple part documentary for Netflix about the life of Prince. The documentary has full cooperation with the uh, musician's estate and archive and interviews and footage and all sorts of stuff. So given full access, so that could be interesting. Yes, for sure. definitely. More Prince things happening is usually absolutely usually a good sign. Um, will we pick us? We, we, I, I thought I'd set you a challenge to just ask you for a song that makes you happy. Just it took to, me a while. Just to round <laughs> off. It did a little bit. A little bit too I, long. I, I went through my, my playlist I've been listening to over the past two weeks and it's been like The Smiths, Elliot Smith, um, Jeff Buckley <laughs> just loads of these kind of like not necessarily sad but maybe a little bit gloomy um, but yes I I then landed on what is I think my, my happiest song in that it's a song that when I listen to it I feel like I'm musically at home um, and it is Another Sunny Day by Belle and Sebastian and it sounds like this It's Bella Sebastian. Song is called An- <laughs> Another Sunny Day. Sorry, I was Another completely in it. <laughs> I was still singing it in my head. What's the album that's called from called? Again? Oh, is it? Um, is it Catastrophe Waitress? Or I, yeah, I think it, it is. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yeah. look it up. Yeah. Um. So that's a, that's your happy song. That's my happy One song. It's it's the song that uh, Sunny Day or not. Um. If I listen to that, I just feel 
do, do you ever have music where you're like, I know this music so well that nothing in it is going to surprise me and it just feels really safe and like you're warm and at home. Um, Bell and Sebastian generally is is that music for me um, and that song in particular. I just think it's got so much joy in it. It's so unapologetically joyful um, and I love it. absolutely adore it. Very good. Uh, mine is a bit more of a current one just because it's just one of those songs that I've been into a lot this week and actually didn't get a chance I, play, I did it like three times over the weekend I didn't get a chance to play it anywhere but it's one of those songs that like if you imagined like sometimes when you're a DJ and you're like oh I want to play the night the perfect night where this will work so well as mm-hmm. a closer or something and what I love about it it's a Roshi Murphy song it's one of her new ones it's called The Rumble and I love the back and vocal thing she does here it's just really uh, evocative to me so uh, this is it uh, this is The Rumble by Roshi Murphy It's just one of those songs that you like. You can imagine uh, having a really good. If you were in a really good mood, you're in a good place, really good um, swirling disco place. You'd mm-hmm. have a really nice uh, dance to that. Um, with I, mean, I, I, was, I was having quite a little dance oh, to it here. Um, so that's uh, our reasons to be cheerful this week. Uh, oh, there's there's more there's more oh, there's reasons more. to be cheerful. So I sent out a tweet and I asked for our our dear listeners uh, to tell me their songs that make them happy. I'm going to pick out just a couple, but I will put together a playlist uh, that will be included in the show notes. So we've got some interesting ones. Um, we have The Only Way Is Up, 
which is a classic. Uh, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine theme song was a, was a bit of a... But completely, I get Random. it. I, I, I get it, because it usually means you get to watch an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is great. Um, Waiting on a Star to Fall, Hounds of Love, The Boy with the Arab Strap, um, another Bell and Sebastian fan, Little Red Corvette. There's a lot of 80s. I wonder... All my friends, um, Tony Clayton Lee from the Irish Times says, anything by secret, currently. Anything by secret. Brilliant. While cooking a lasagna for dinner, good luck with the lasagna, Tony. We've got a George Michael, um, amazing in there. Graceland by Paul Simon. <laughs> I think my favourite album, so... Ultra um, Life by All Wonder. Uh, a song from uh, Lilo and Stitch, the movie. Oh, teams. great. Valerie um, by the Zootons. Interesting. Hounds of Love, uh, Sapling, Pour Moi, um, Food by the Lovely Eggs. Not a song I know I have to say. No. Um, but yeah. That so it's great. There. There, is, there are some songs Steal on my here. sunshine. But I mean, the, the ultimate, right? <laughs> um, ultimate happy song. Yeah, so we'll put together a playlist <laughs> and then everybody can listen to it tomorrow and they can have a happy Friday. Very good. Hey. Um, and another reason to be cheerful, it's your birthday this week. It's my birthday tomorrow. So today, if, the, if you're listening to this podcast. And not today, in the room. Um, <laughs> yes, and not in the room. Um, so you're... If, Can, if, congratulations if wanna, I made it I, well, best I'm wishes nearly out of the 27 club um, yeah. oh, yes. so uh, well having done a sober a month of sober October um, I, I thought I'd reduce my risk of I don't know death um, and that's gone well uh, so yeah if anyone wants to send me a birthday present just send me send me a little song on Twitter I'd like yeah. that ah nice um, so you said you are gonna you might go to the cinema during the daytime for your birthday yeah I lo- I'm, I'm strange uh, every year How my indulgent. birthday uh, yeah so every year on my birthday I take the day off um, because I am a um, I because of when I was born um, my birthday used to always be on midterm in school so then when I started going out into the working world I was like excuse me I have to work on my birthday but thankfully my employers give people the day off for their birthday so yeah tomorrow I'm going to have a little day to myself during the day and go to the cinema uh, and I don't know what to go see Okay well you can figure that one out Yeah, Um, just don't go see see something uplifting maybe What did you see that you said was garbage? Oh no, I didn't say it was garbage. It just oh. wasn't what I was expecting. Mandy. Okay. I thought it was going to be a horror film because you know it was Halloween and all. Yeah. Wasn't a horror, wasn't a horror it's, film. Okay. It's, it's very um, stylish, stylistic, but it's basically a Nicolas Cage revenge movie. Oh, a Nicolas Cage revenge movie very doesn't violent. sound like a bad way. Just very, very to violent. Go. Okay. Yeah, if you're into that. Maybe um, we do have another reason to be cheerful, though. Speaking of movies, mm-hmm. um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the MIA documentary. We um, And uh, I've been working on this and we finally can announce that um, we are showing uh, a special screening of the uh, uh, Matangi Maya MIA film in the Gibson Hotel as part of their Talks Music series on Wednesday, 21st of November. It had a very short run in cinemas and uh, I, I caught its very last screening in the iFi. And uh, I was very impressed uh, with the movie. I thought it was absolutely brilliant uh, portrait of the artist. Uh, you can listen back to uh, us talking about it, I think, about two episodes two ago. Two to three weeks ago, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, so we'll be doing a screening on the night. Uh, you, there'll be a dinner included and a yeah. drink, a beer, a glass of wine. Um, and there'll also be a panel discussion featuring... Us. 
Andrea Gray and others including Dave Hanratty from No Encore also known as Rival Podcast Rival Podcaster <laughs> and uh, Louise Bruton uh, from the Irish Times um, the pop writer and all around legend so uh, that'll be good and yeah so tickets are on sale on Eventbrite at the moment for that yeah. you can hit up um, so if you've ever wanted to come out for dinner and a movie and a drink with us yeah I think we're actually giving away uh, for people to turn up uh, a night in the hotel as well oh very good <laughs> so you know you could have staying there that night <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be good. That's the MIA documentary on Wednesday, 21st of November in the Gibson Hotel. Come along. Um, more details on that are on Facebook and Eventbrite, then 909 Facebook for sure. Right, it's time for albums of the week this week. Our, we have two albums this week. Um, we our big, our big one last week, which actually came out um, last week officially, based on, um, you know, how these release schedules work, was yes. Robin. We a were bit, a little bit early with Oh, it. another reason to be cheerful. Robin um, on uh, Jules Holland. Yes. Last week, she did Every every Heartbeat. and uh, Just generally, Robin being you. back in the world yeah. is a reason to be it, cheerful. It's a really good thing. Just don't look at the uh, hashtag on Twitter when you're watching Jules, because it's very depressing. Oh, no. Um, oh. Just people not understanding. What's this screeching? Oh. Who's doing this? This is music. You're like, oh, God. And it's always like old British men. Uh, I've always said it, you should have to apply for a Twitter account. <laughs> Verif- provide yeah. examples of your work. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that was a reason to be cheerful for me. I think she did a great job and we look forward to hoping that I'm sure there will be a, a, some Irish gig from Robin in the next while, perhaps, maybe in 2019. That'd be great. Um, but yes, our first album of the week this week is The Choice of You, Andrea. It is from uh, Lisa O'Neill. Heard a long gone song. It is her fourth album, um, and we will play a selection or well, for a, tra- a track from it. This is uh, a song called Violet Gibson. There are many ways to go mad. I go out to roam With a rock in my fist And a gun in my bag And I shoot Mussolini in the nose I didn't shoot to skim The skin of his snout Or his teeth Or the lips on his mouth I simply saw bad egg and I thought I'd take the bad egg out I fired twice, I didn't fire right And they dragged me through the town And the fascist dictator carried on And on and I went down Down and down and then down more The heart me in and out Half tough, half mad and ignorant tourist and old Irish hag, they call me all sorts. But I moved in silence. 
But the love it root not violence And I'm mad in the know People don't really change, I suppose They just go a little bad when they go That is uh, Lisa O'Neill from her album uh, Heard a Long Gone Song. And I think that seems like a fitting title for this album. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a really it's a really interesting album in terms of its kind of scope. Um, like it's concerned, I suppose, a lot with location and with specific instances like that. That that song there is it that tells the story of um, an Irish woman who tried to assassinate Mussolini in 1926. So that's obviously, you know, quite far removed in both time and place, but she just brings it with such immediacy um, that it's, it's such a kind of, I don't know, it's, I haven't, I haven't heard a record in a while that's made me pause as much as this one has. And I think that it should be, like her, the the tone of her voice since the beginning of her career has been kind of likened to the the Marmite effect that you might have with the likes of Joanna Newsom and those kind of a, a bit more out there singers. Um, but if you if you sink into this, um, it really really does sweep you away. Um, it's not to say that it isn't challenging in its kind of tackling of subject matters. Like it deals with a lot of complexities of living in changing landscapes and specifically a changing Dublin. Um, The song Factory Girl comes to mind, but I think the bleakness in the topics that she's singing about is, is just uplifted by being confronted with the sheer artistry of it and the unapologetically um, just so, so steeped in folk that... You, you you can't escape its roots and it, it's not an album that tries to either. It's really wonderful. It definitely feels like a, a more traditional album for Lisa O'Neill mm. than maybe her last two releases, uh, Pothole in the Sky from 2016 and Same Cloth or Not from 2015. Uh, there was a lot of um, character in terms of you heard Lisa O'Neill's character um, in some of those songs like England Has My Man, Nelly's mm. song, Come Sit Sing, um, Paul in the Sky, um, Red Gansey and Gorma's Grieving. This one feels a bit more, um, what's the word for it? Like tampered a little bit um, mm. more traditionally um, channeled in a way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. more trad and folk of an older style and less of, like she's such a brilliant performer, Lisa. Um, and I haven't listened to this that much. Okay. Um, so I can't really comment too much on it, to be honest. But when I my first listen on it, all I felt was like, oh, maybe there's something a bit different going on here. But like, yeah. it, it seemed like a bit of a, like in, that she decided to make an album that felt a bit less about um, her experiences, perhaps. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're probably on to, on, on, on the right track with that for sure. Um, it's, it's an album that's kind of concerned with like universal experience, I suppose, um, yeah. as opposed to um, her her own personal 
Yeah, um, like there's there's struggles. a song on same class or not called "No Train to Cabin" where she's from, mm. and like there's no train where I come from, and uh, yeah, you know, there's lots of lovely parts to like her career and her music in the past that's been very much touched by her personal experience. Yeah, and this feels like a bit more of the traditional. I've I found a long gone song or I've heard yeah. or I've written a song that's kind of old style. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really interesting aspect of this album in so far as these long gone songs. Um, they, they still, for me, um, like, I mean, there, there are co- covers of traditional songs on, on this album that aren't, you know, it's it's not that she breathes new life into them. It's that they're so good that they don't really need to be changed up very much. They just need to be performed in the ma- the manner in which they were intended, which is emotionally and evocatively. Um, and she does that so well. And then in her original compositions, she's very firmly rooted in traditional folk and traditional, uh, in, in, in Irish kind of trad, um, which there's i i don't feel there's a lot of it happening um in terms of our our popular musicians here there's a lot of trad fusion and there's a lot of trad elements but there's there's not a whole lot of crossover where there where there would be an artist like like Lisa O'Neill who is getting write-ups in the guardian and who's like who is getting recommended by pop journalists to what have a listen Lancome? to this. They kind of sit into that. Um, yeah, uh, Lancome, um, R- Raddy Pete from Lancome, Raddy Pete appears on this, on this album actually. Um, yeah, la- like Lan- Lancome do um, c- uh, c- come to mind. Uh, but there's, there, there is just a bit of a, there, there might be a bit of a gap um, that these artists fit fit into really well and i hope that there's there's going to be more of it um because there there can there can tend to be a bit of a uh, a, a tendency to kind of distance ourselves with, from our past in terms of trad and in terms of the the songs of yore um in in an attempt or with view to establishing our music industry as being current and being, you know, foregrounding and what it is. But I think we're, we're at the stage now where the, the Irish music scene, if there is, if there is one generally, um, has its feet in, in, in hip hop, in pop, in rock, in, in so many other, other places that there's room now for us to kind of look about, look back a little bit and not only take things as inspiration, but to actually confront our, our traditional styles and, and bring them to new, to new audiences and new listeners. Um, and this well, is, you said it, not me. Cause I'm not saying that again. Cause uh, I got in trouble for saying that once. Oh really? Yeah. Oh no! Um, the, the trad community had started a fight with me over. Me oh no! Sorry, saying, yeah, saying things about uh, how uh, trad was rejuvenated, which I, what oh, I meant no, was exactly sorry. what you're saying. So, so what I'm, I I don't mean that trad is rejuvenated. Trad is happening every single night of the week in this country. It's everywhere. But I I mean more so um, in terms of discussions of. Uh, our music on a more kind of pop and global landscape. Right, yeah. There's a tendency to... Well, look at the gloaming as well. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of Irish uh, traditional music in, in their music and they're 
world renowned at yeah, this point. Yeah, totally. So yeah. Um, and you've got artists like Cuivi Narala as well who are doing brand new things with um, the fiddle. In, yeah, in a in a, in a yeah. contemporary context, and Dahi as well. Like, there's there's a lot of kind of um, what's the word? Inspiration taken, we'll say, yeah. um, and and some of it quite heavy, and like, and and a lot of it is rooted. But I haven't heard anything that is, you know, kind of presented as being a, a popular release that is as rooted as this Lisa O'Neill album is. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I like value in music a lot is the being able to take old music or established music and put a new spin on it. Mm. And that's something what I which I was kind of referencing there. It's yeah. like the things that really make me um happy in music are the things that uh, when people put a new spin on things. Um so if uh, Lisa O'Neill is one of those um artists who um definitely has a traditional uh folk singer songwriter bent but is doing things slightly differently as well so um yeah. that is her new album her fourth album this week um out now it is called heard a long gone song now my album of this week this week is from a long island band called mr twin sister uh they're here for me just called twin sister um we played a song on their podcast a few weeks ago and um, their third album is called salt and it's out now and it sounds a bit like this A small taste of the Mr. Twin Sister album. It's called Salt. Um, I have a confession to make this week because it's of the busy weekend I had and the um, bank holiday, um, which I also was teaching at as well. Um, I, I didn't have as much time, and because I'm devoting a lot of time to, to the Beastie Boys book, I probably didn't listen to all the albums more than once that I was interested in. So, um, Mr. Twin Sister are a band that I'm already uh, have. Uh, pre-election too I like them a lot and uh, I'm always interested in what they have to say and what they do um, it definitely seems like a bit of a different vibe for them their last uh, self-titled release was more of a like a soft kind of disco funk uh, vibe this one has a bit more like a jazzy influence and uh uh, some live percussion stuff going on it's kind of one of those ones you could just let seep into you and I haven't really had a huge opportunity to do that yet, mm. but I really like what I hear on this. So I can't really speak too much more about it. And uh, they say it was recorded over the last four years. And it, I think um, they have 
uh, a really interesting sound and I like what they're doing they're totally doing it on their own steam as well mm-hmm. um, which I always like um, there were other albums this week I was interested in including the Tom York album um, for uh, the soundtrack to Suspiria which I came enjoyed out. listening to that on Halloween yeah we nice. did a lot of Halloween listening this week um, yeah, for a playlist 100 song playlist that we made on the website and uh, there was some Tom York in there for sure and uh, it's a two disc thing as well it's, mm. it's a lot of music on it um, so worth having a listen to as well and there are other albums that I haven't even gotten near yet from Unknown Mortal Orchestra who have a instrumental album out and uh, a few others um, but my pick this week is Mr. Twin Sister and it's called Salt um, so you can check that out uh, and yours was Lisa O'Neill Heard a Long Gone Song so that's our albums of the week this week I hadn't said the name of that album out loud <laughs> until we were recording and it is a very nice album to just say out loud <laughs> so well done for song. that as well Lisa O'Neill <laughs> well done up next we're going to have a chat to Wen Young the band who started in Limerick as teenagers and uh, have recently made a name for themselves in London they recently have uh, well they have an EP coming out a debut EP on Virgin EMI a major label um, next week um, and they're playing gigs in Ireland this weekend in the last year or so they've been a year and a half since they came on my radar which we talk about in the, in the interview um, they uh, have been uh, just releasing songs here and there and building up a fan base and they're a very cool like indie rock kind of band uh, they've most recently this year as well they've uh, Aoife Power the uh, singer uh, sang at uh, Shane McGowan's 60th uh, birthday celebration and they did a cover of uh, the famous Limerick band Cranberry's um, mm. Dream um, which came out just before Dolores died as well I think so um, we talk a little bit about that as well so Here's our chat with Twin Sister from earlier on this week. It is a chat with um, Aoife Power, Niall Burns, um, similar. Close <laughs> enough. Yeah, close enough. Uh, and Andrew Flood. Um, and this is the chat with Gwen Young. Aoife, Andrew and Niall, how are you doing? Good. When Young are here. Good, good, good. Good, you were saying you were taking some rest. Rest is important. Yeah. <laughs> I find. So it seems like you've been doing a lot lately. Yeah, we just finished touring with the vaccines across Europe. So that was our first time playing a tour in Europe. And yeah, we flew in from Stockholm yesterday. <laughs> so right. Yeah, so we spent the day in bed pretty much, yeah. That's that's. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's something I've talked about even last week uh, with Dermot Kennedy, you know, like athletes rest, you know, yeah. um, and they have that recovery time in their in their work. You know, it's part of your work is like to recover and not run, mm. where musicians don't have that. No, I don't think it's really considered. <laughs> no, yeah, you have, to, you have to give yourself that time yeah. to take time off. You've pretty much been nonstop since you first came on my radar, maybe early 2017. Um of course, you were in a band before that called Sister. Yeah. Sisters. Sisters. Yeah. So what prompted the whole move over to London and everything that came from that? We all moved over to London like five, six years ago separately. And yeah. Which we had no plan to do music. Right. Together anyway, when yeah. we moved over, we just came over just the guys who had finished uh, college and stuff like that. I, I moved first and then... Andrew came and Eve came, 
And then we just started playing together for just for something to do. We'd known each other for years and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, we just started playing then and then Sisters was born. And <laughs> it was yeah, born very, very quickly. Born yeah. two weeks <laughs> after forming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was our first show. Okay. And yeah. And it was fun. We learned a lot along the way. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I guess about two and a half years ago we um I think the songs we were writing slightly changed and we had just come to a point where Sisters just felt like it didn't didn't have any more legs or something. I don't I don't really know what, what, I, I what did happen. I think we came to a point where we had a clearer idea of what we wanted to we be. We wanted like a renaissance. <laughs> yeah. Just like to draw a line in the sand and okay, say, okay, yeah. yeah. we kind of made it to a point now, let's just refresh and go with like uh, was there anything in particular that prompted that for you guys in was, terms of I think Sisters was coming to a point that like it felt like the music had changed so much and the how we were performing had changed like I was singing more before me and Nile used to share it yeah. so it felt like we were using and then, and then, and then I, I stopped singing and then we got a lot of success. <laughs> well, not a lot of success, but more success. Well, you're doing pretty well. So I'm actually interested in, uh, the, you know, a lot of Irish bands do the thing that you have done or maybe are told to do the thing that you have done which is to just move to London. And I'm interested in terms of what your experience has been because did you start from the bottom there? I mean, like, how did you establish yourselves there? Yeah, when we first moved, like we said, we started playing... Two weeks after we started Sisters and Niall had like a, a contact, an Irish guy, and he got us a show in Camden. And from that, we just kind of started playing and just, playing. Just took anything. We didn't know anyone really. Yeah. And we were always going to gigs. Like, yeah, it was literally just like from asking. the bottom. Just meeting, trying yeah. to meet, like, meet people. And yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, just, it's the same everywhere. I, I don't think it's, it's, yeah, I don't think it's easy there. And it wasn't conscious. It wasn't like, let's get out of Ireland and moved to the big smoke and started there, it'll be easy. Yeah. We just ended up there. It's just how our lives kind of went, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, it was It was no big big plan, no. What did you all. study in college? Landscape architecture. Landscaping. Right. <laughs> okay. So did you do some of that over there? Yeah when, I, yeah, when I first moved over, I started working in this place called the Garden Museum and I did a year of horticulture and I started working as a gardener, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very different um, uh, occupation to uh, playing yeah, music. I guess so, but it still felt really creative, yeah. and it's nice to be in nature. It's kind of a nice meditative. Oh yes, it was. <laughs> it was inspiring for you in a lot of ways, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then, yeah, myself and I were just in. I was in a bookshop. I was in a restaurant for a few years. Okay. Good. Yeah. So has the Irish thing helped in that way? Is it a thing that you know? You said you met somebody Irish who gave you a first show. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't think so not no, in London yeah, I think know. we were just we were at the bottom of the bill for like ages and we just play every, the, that first gig my Irish contact yeah. that was playing to like <laughs> Andrew's sister who's over for the weekend <laughs> upstairs in a cafe do you know what I mean that wasn't like yeah. we didn't really have any ins well how long was it before you felt like there was something happening for you guys um, probably not today. until <laughs> today. Uh, yeah, probably not together. until like like you were saying we came on your radar. Like probably not f un until like a year and a half ago or so. Right. Yeah. Um, did it really feel like this might work out? Oh, yeah. For yeah. Us? We, we felt confident. We felt like we know knew where we wanted to go before. I think. Yeah, we were just a bit shaky. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that, that the year Spanish sisters did help because when we started when young, we were in a, definitely a better position. Still very small, but we knew like people over in East London who would like put us on and stuff like that. So we did a lot of um, groundwork. Um, so yeah, it, from when young started, we were definitely in a better position than we, we had been, but it wasn't things yeah. didn't properly set. Well, like everything takes longer than. Everybody else thinks, you yeah. Know, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you yeah. know, no band comes out of nowhere, totally. right? Yeah. So True. they're kind of, it doesn't happen straight away, even yeah. if it feels like it happens quite quickly. You know, you put in the groundwork in other bands and other things in your life. And uh, so in terms of songwriting, then how do you guys work that at the moment? Uh, how do we write songs? Mm. Uh, usually I hum a melody and then we <laughs> start developing it and playing it in the studio. Yeah. Or like sometimes it starts with the guitar riff or something. But yeah, it's it's normally it's like a, yeah, like a, a melody hook or something, yeah. and we'll, we'll expand on that. Do you have conversations about um, you know what kind of sounds you are interested in, or do you share playlists stuff like that, or what kind of? We all just listen to the same kind of music, and yeah, we do we do share. Like if someone finds a new band. New artists, we'll be like, oh, listen to this. We spend so much time together that we end up all listening to the same same stuff. And we are all liking the same stuff. Yeah. Mostly the same stuff. We don't all live together, no. No. No, these two. When we, we, we've known each other since we were teenagers and we all loved like indie music. And so it's always. But never, never had a conversation. Let's sound like this. It's just how we naturally. Do you think that, um, being the kind of band you are is easier to do that in a place like London where it seems like there's more of those kind of acts here or in London as opposed to Dublin or or, or Limerick for say um, like Irish acts um, there is a lot of like garage rock and stuff like that happening here but generally speaking there's a lot more um, indie bands for want of a better term in London and mm-hmm. in the UK and probably more of an industry for that yeah yeah if yeah, I guess so. Um, it's just, it's not really popular. So uh, uh, that's all, that's like the music we love. I think, okay, yeah, we were going to do that no matter where we were. Cause. Yeah, I think in London there is, I guess, there's kind of a scene for every genre. Yeah. Um, it's just so saturated with bands and, you know, DJs and rappers, artists, all sorts of music. Um so uh, yeah, I'm not sure. To yeah, there's probably more in the music, as he said. There's more of everything there. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, no, I think there's more opportunities. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a very small scene here in Ireland, anyway. So yeah, I suppose. You know, you probably yeah. felt that yourselves from from starting here. You know, like what about Limerick itself? I mean, have you seen much come out of Limerick in the last while? Uh, Pow pig. pig. We love Pow. Yeah. <laughs> ah. them, like, last year, yeah. Last year, they are amazing. They're yeah, great, like, songwriters and performers. So yeah, they're still doing their lead. They're off doing the leaving still. Yeah, yeah. So, so no more shows for them for a while. Yeah, yeah. they're genuinely brilliant. It doesn't yeah. matter that they're like six, seven, eight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah. actually mm. just a such a brilliant band. Um, we and I, I remember when we saw them, I was like to our manager who's at the Limerick show, can we take them on tour? And she was like, yeah, but like it's <laughs> just gonna be really difficult because they're not even gonna be allowed in the venue. Like, oh. Yeah.
Um, and so in terms of then your supports, you've been doing a lot of supports recently as well. How do you find playing for audiences who don't know you straight away? This this latest one was amazing it, yeah. because it was our first time in Europe and in Europe what we found out is people just get in right when the door is open. Whereas in the UK and Ireland, I think people go to the pub. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But like yeah. we were playing to full venues yeah. every night and by the end of our shows, they were kind of like headline shows. It was amazing. Um but they've all been great. In the UK, they're great as well. It's just a slightly different atmosphere in the room. People, yeah. it's, I don't know, I think it's slightly more kind of, you need to work harder to impress people. Whereas in, in, in the UK? Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. In Europe, they seem, maybe it's because bands don't come through as often yeah. and stuff like that. They're like, they really appreciate you being there. And I stuff, guess so. like the vaccines are a big band, so they're all really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've all been brilliant. They've all yeah. been amazing. Um, I, yeah. But even even not from just uh, the audience perspective, even from you know learning from bands that have have had a lot of success and how yeah. they do it, and yeah. you know how they how they run their their shows and uh, engage with their fans and stuff like that. We've we've learned a lot as and, well. And not party. That's what we've learned. <laughs> that's what we've learned. You can't always party from that's touring true. with bands. They're all very. They take it all very seriously, and yeah. that's, it's really good to know. But the first tour we did, we were like. God, you're not going out to like 5am every night, but we, we quickly learned that's the okay. way to do it. Yeah, so you can't be doing all the mess and all no, the time. No. Um, you have to pick your nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. I guess that's the idea of like that, you know, there's this rock and roll lifestyle and all that kind of stuff, but it's not really like that anymore, is it? No. It's, I just think uh, no. it's, it's too difficult to maintain when touring is the most important part of a, an artist's life now. It's the only way to make money, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and I, yeah, I guess there's so much more to music now, like podcasts, for example, or like, you know, social media. You have to be on top of it all the time, really. You can't really afford to yeah. go on a three-day bender and... True. Not be available. <laughs> well, speaking not, not of that, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, like aesthetics and Instagram, I mean, one of the things that I noticed very early on with you guys was the the jumpsuits, boiler suits that you had. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was a cool idea. So where did that come from? That was Andrew found one in uh, like a second shop or something. Yeah, it was it was kind of just coincidental, and then we kind of realised, hang on, maybe we can do something with this. Uh, I think because the other thing was when we started when young, we wanted to have a clear and strong aesthetic as yeah. well. Um, so having the kind of colour theme and then working the boiler suits into it live, I guess it kind of gave us a strong, stronger identity to some other bands maybe. Yeah, well, I always um, say, you know, you you will see a band sometimes before you even hear them most of the time on the yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, true. you know, it's kind of your first impression is not the music, it's what the band look like or what they're putting yeah. across. Yeah. So I found that really interesting because, you know, I mean, I as somebody who looks for new music a lot of the time, <laughs> pretty much all the time, um, you know, those kind of details do stand out because they make you remember a band, they make you remember, oh, look, you know, you kind of go, oh, they've thought about how they're going to look in terms of not in any, you know, over the top way, but just like, you know, it's really, sim really simple, really mm. clever. So yeah. I thought it was a really good thing. Yeah. Are you wearing them still? You're not... Yeah, we, sometimes. Mm, <laughs> not every day. We're not as strict. Mo mostly, <laughs> but we kind of... Um, After being on tour and wearing them all the time, we kind of were like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah we're, we, we mix it up a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. But we we're still, still wearing and them. And we figured out we can sell them as well, which yeah. is really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah, they <laughs> actually they, they sell better than T-shirts nearly, yeah. which is yeah. kind of annoying because we have to paint them and stuff. So. Oh. Yeah. Surely somebody can do that for you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a custom item, so it's probably worth more money. Yeah, 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 yeah man. I suppose. Uh, 
That's great. So uh, you obviously working, doing a lot of touring. You're playing uh, uh, Ireland this week. Um, what's coming in 2019 for you guys? When we get back to London on Tuesday, we get back we Tuesday. We, we start recording our album on Wednesday, so we're in the studio for like three weeks. Yeah, doing that, and then we're going to be releasing it in. Spring? Springtime. We yeah, think March, like March, March, April. Next right, year. great. Yeah. In terms of production, then, how have you found that difference? It sounds like their last couple of songs has a bit more uh, clean kind of oomph to it, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we've we've decided to do the album with someone new, though. Yeah. So I think it's definitely going to sound different to what people are used to. Um, we've just found someone that we're like super excited with and super happy to it's work with. A guy that we worked with. Uh, for sisters, Hello, Connell. He's yeah. an Irish guy. Yeah, he's actually oh, yeah. Yeah. Been a, a friend for years. So yeah, very good. Again. And Irish. when it comes to picking songs for you, do you have the songs picked out now? And we have all the songs. Picked yeah. Out. Well, yeah. Well, well, we have like we have enough. <laughs> enough. <laughs> we have yeah. enough. We're what What is the What is considerations for making like a long playing album that you wouldn't have for an EP? You know, like is it a case like, of variation and yeah, I yeah. guess for the for yeah. for an EP, we're like oh like singles or whatever and then obviously there's one s- slower song on it but this we yeah we definitely need you need some variation some you, just, you, you just want to cover all elements <laughs> yeah uh yeah. keep everyone happy but it's really it's, it's hard. really hard it's like picking your favorite children or something yeah. like yeah we we have enough songs but it's just about refining what yeah. ones we actually want to put on now how have the songs changed then since you've been playing them live or have they yeah the, i think the songwriting has changed we've kind of started to write more like concise pop songs I guess and before they were meandering and here and there and like yeah the the structures are tighter now and I think we've also started bringing in maybe more dreamy songs that we weren't play that we haven't really been playing live mm. yeah it's ex- um, it's exciting because I think on the album there'll probably be only like five that we play live yeah. or something like that yeah. there's a lot of new stuff yeah um and some I think, popular stuff and yeah some stuff that we if you asked us to play right now we would have no idea like <laughs> just like so it's a lot of played in a while, yeah, that, that we've written and we're happy with but we haven't been playing yeah okay good i think it has a dreamy vibe though yeah all right guys thanks so much for coming thank in thank you thank you thanks, i really appreciate it your ep is out next week and uh, you're playing live around Ireland this week. We got Tomorrow Friday in the Workman, Saturday in Limerick and Dolans, and Sunday in Cypress Avenue in Cork. Yeah, Cypress Avenue. Great. Thank you so much, Wen Young. Thank I you. Remove the parts you hated. Thanks again to Wen Young for coming in uh, to have a chat with us this week. Um, they are playing the Workman's Club tonight, um, Dolan's Limerick on Saturday night and Cypress Avenue on the 4th of November and you'll be hearing much more from them, I'm sure. 
Now it's time for songs of the week. We have four songs for you this week. And our first one is from Toro Imwa. He's back with his sixth album. Sixth album. Um, and he's done a lot of other projects in the last couple of years as well. But um, he's back to doing kind of his more... His side project was called Lay Sins and it was kind of more uh, dance music-y vibe. This song is the uh, lead track from his album uh, To Come and it is called Freelance. cheerful right there it's a bit of a bouncy RP lovely track uh, called Freelance we can all relate right yeah. and well I can anyway um, but no a nice uh, his album is out in January it's called Outer Peace um, his sixth album in total you listen much to him? Um, no not really before this track which did grab me when I listened to it he's um, one of the like original we've talked about this before about like um, blog hypey artists okay. who managed to ride the, the wave of chill all oh, the way to a career that's um, awesome Chaz Bondick is his name um, and yeah uh, I just you know to be honest, it's a song I like. He said about the song that, that it is, uh, while listening, you might pay attention or ignore. Either way, that's okay. This is music for a creative mind. So there you go. Ah, that's why, little, is that why it's called freelance? Is it, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you can go on to your freelance playlist, your yeah. work playlist. <laughs> We're all broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, we have a song from an Irish band that we love here on our line called Pillow Queens. They have a new song out called Gay Girls. Savor me something sweet. Oh, no. 
as Pillow Queens, a new song from them called Gay Girls out today. Um, they're just a great fun band and very individual and uh, kind of bring in a bit of garage lo-fi rock back. Yeah, the, the that guitar tone at the end of the clip we just played there, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I heard that and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> bring it back, please. <laughs> this is an awesome song. This is really, really great. It's yeah, uh, upbeat they, and boppy and fun. Yeah, it's about, it's apparently a song about um, uh, intoxicating lust coupled with the relentless repression of uh, felt by religion. So there you go. Good lord! Um, who, it's got a who? it's got a, a choiry bit uh, towards the end. I think it doesn't need we didn't yeah. play that part, but it does um, indeed. Um, yeah, they're a great band and uh, they're a lot of fun. And you should watch their tour diaries if you want to be cheered up. Oh, cool! Reasons um, to be cheerful. Yeah, um, they do some kind of like homemade uh, tour diary stuff on YouTube and. Uh, there's stuff involving tiny hands and they're just funny and they love dogs. Oh, great. Lots of dogs. Loads of dogs. Good yeah. boys and good girls. They had a great video earlier this year for that um, Bob Gallagher made called Favourite featuring a dog show. Oh my God. Oh yes, I, I remember that video. That video was excellent. It yes. was brilliant. Yes, they're a great band. Yeah, uh, they're awesome. Pillow Queens. Uh, they, if you want to catch them live soon, Roshan Dove Galway uh, next week, 8th of November, Black Box Belfast, November 10th, uh, Whelan's Dublin, November 24th and December 8th in Dolan's Limerick and uh, that is Pill Queens up next uh, we have the third single um, from All Twins since uh, this year and they have an album out next year and they've recently recalibrated their sound a little bit and moved away from the kind of like really effective stadium rock they're exploring different territories this is a song out today called Infinite Swim That is All Twins. Song is called Infinite Swim. They've had a that's the third single, as I said, um, that they released this year. Uh, probably a bit more actually like their older material, if I'm honest. But mm. um, the other two songs they had out were called Hell of a Party and Warm Crush, showing different sides to the band. Um, they've been working with James Vincent tomorrow on a uh, an album, which that gives me loads of hope. Date hasn't been announced yet, but he apparently worked on on the album in full. So apparently the album is ready to come out next year. So um, do actually listen to a podcast from um, The Point of Everything interview with, with the guys uh, last week. Um, so you can check that out if you want a bit more info on what they're up to at the moment. Um, and yeah, so that's a preview of what's to come from uh, All Twins next year. Now, another album that came out this week is from... Uh, 
an artist called Maya Follick and I actually heard this again today and I was like oh I've heard this somewhere so I'm going to play the song for you now because I think it's a really really nice song uh, this is a song uh, with a great title called Thingamajig from mm-hmm. Maya Follick from Maya Follick um, her album is out today called Premonitions she's from uh, Los Angeles it is out on Interscope and Terrible Records I think Terrible Records is uh, the label from Chris Bear from Grizzly Bear is that right? I'm not sure I'll have to fact check that mm. um, worth doing that um, but just a really nice song I heard and a reminder for myself and anyone else listening and yourself if you want to check out the album yeah. and see what it's actually like that song uh, made an impression on me when I heard it um, so I actually heard it once uh, on yeah Chris Taylor um, um, started the label uh, Terrible Records I just heard this on uh, NPR I think when I was listening to it one day and uh, I hadn't heard it again until earlier today and I was like I've heard this song already do you know what it was like a one listen song is so familiar you're like oh that makes a big difference um, I just really liked it and I thought it was worth including because it's you know songs can a be good a good recommendation you know there are reasons to be cheerful and good music yeah. is always a, a reason to be cheerful Awesome. Right. That's it for uh, Songs of the Week this week. Um, we will uh, ask the customary question this week. Mm-hmm. What have you been listening, watching or doing this week? Um, so on Sunday night, Bank Holiday Sunday, uh, I talked a few weeks ago ab- about having binged um, Inside Number 9, uh, the anthology series that is available on Netflix by Reese Shearsmith and the other guy whose name escapes me right now, but you'll know who I mean if you like them. Um, and they, on su- Sunday night, they had a live Halloween special uh, on BBC Two and it was... W- one of the best half hours of television I've ever seen in my entire life. It was something that 
I would recommend watching for anybody if, if, if you watch the show or not I would recommend going and watching it um, but you might feel a little bit left out if you hadn't seen it live because it plays with the form of the live uh the live show um, very well. I'm not going to say anything else about it. Okay, I'm um, l- Lest I give anything away, but it is excellent. Uh, and so I've started on season four of Inside Number Nine now, and then I think I'm going to watch Psychoville after that. Um, what else? I have been, I'm still making my way through Haunty ha- ha- Housey Hill. House. House, the Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House, uh, the Shirley Jackson novel. I'm still making my way through that. It is spooky and I'm enjoying it. And I think besides that, not very much. Um, yeah, that's it for me in terms of my other media this week. Uh, very good. Um, I watched the uh, horror film Hereditary this week, which I can recommend. I don't know if films are that scary anymore. Is that a new film? General, when, like the older you get, like, it's new enough, yeah. Okay. It came out earlier this year, I think. Um, Hereditary, it's um, it's very well done and the music is, is fantastic in it. And it's just, uh, it's got Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne and some very good acting and it's really well paced and... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's like jump out of your seats, Gary, but is it's it, very good. Is it like ghosty or murdery? Or <laughs> um, <laughs> what I'm asking is, is it a horror or a thriller? But in in it's both. Yeah. Okay. But okay. like, I think it's a degree of horror that you could probably live with if you don't like if you're okay. uh, if you're not easily um, spooked. If you're easily spooked, exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, I would recommend that. Uh, and that's probably it for me. I've just been listening to the Beast Boys book as much as possible. That's my plan for the rest of the week. So maybe we can have um, a more in-depth chat next week. Yeah, I hope to listen to all 12 hours of it by next week and uh, maybe have my hands on the book by then. <laughs> we won't have an album or songs next week, but my God, will we have listened to the book. <laughs> uh, but yes, well, I'm sure there'll be plenty more uh, on the way in terms of what, what we will be talking about in terms of albums next week. I don't even know what's out. I saw that um, Vince Staples is releasing an album uh, <gasps> tomorrow last oh, last minute exciting. so that's cool um, but I'm sure there'll be much more to talk about uh, I think that's probably it from us this week um, thank you for tuning in as ever do uh, tweet about us and uh, share the podcast on your social networks and, and feel and free to f- send us your reasons friends. to be cheerful this yeah, week um, yeah absolutely do do that um, because everyone needs a bit of a lift yeah, when, the, when the clocks go back why the hell do we do that still I don't know doesn't make any sense. No. No. It's got, it's all got very cold as well. Yeah, it has gotten cold. <laughs> yeah. This has. is top podcast banter here. <laughs> <laughs> it's got very cold. Oh, it's fuck. cold now. <laughs> Classic Irish podcast banter. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, we'll leave you with a song from a band uh, called Tangier. Um, they are a new Irish band um, and their most recent single is one that really stood out to me it is called Lights um, they will maybe be playing an 9 gig before the end of the year <gasps> sneaky, uh, sneaky. plan is to do some 9 Christmas parties in Cork and Dublin and end of this before Christmas basically a oh few God. days before Christmas so announcing more details about that and they are possibly playing uh, one of those gigs um, so yeah, once I have the lineup all confirmed and all kind of stuff, I'll announce that. Um, but in the meantime, um, this is from Tangier, and uh, yeah, going to think, keep thinking about reasons to be cheerful for the rest of the week. Stay cheerful, everybody. Yeah. Stay, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye.
Well, hold on, why'd you look so sad? Your life's not caving in Surviving, but you were all so flat But at least there's money coming in Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.